Blog Talk Radio. Wake up, everybody. It's time to get squared away with Navy SEAL Radio. I'm your host, David Rutherford. As a behavioral training expert, top motivational speaker, author, and performance coach, it's my mission in life to help you defeat the negative insurgency in your life. So get fired up to use Frog Logic, the Navy SEAL training program, to help you succeed in any environment imaginable. Booyah! All right. Because I know I am on fire today. Because I have just come through the gates of fire in my life. I am prepared. I am ready. I am willing. I am able to get you so fired up today. To get you so motivated. To get you so invigorated and inspired to do something great in your life. That I am literally busting out at the seat. That is one of the coolest feelings I could ever tell you. I hope you felt this before. I hope you felt it this morning when you woke up and you put your feet on the deck and you looked at your opposable thumbs, right? As you sip your coffee, you stare at yourself in a reflection of the mirror and you say, damn, today's going to be awesome. As you, you finish your work week this week and you left nothing left on the table. You gave it your all. You simply were exhausted. Because you gave everything to the mission, man. Everything to the mission. And I I know if you're feeling that right now, you're feeling what I'm feeling. You're feeling what I feel every single day. You're feeling that incredible burst of energy. You're feeling that incredible uh, blessing. You're feeling, my God, it's incredible just to be above dirt. Because what I've made through, made it through in my life. You're feeling to yourself, man, this is absolutely unbelievable. I am literally, I am give, I've been blessed. I have this gift of life. I know that my life is incredible because I've endured. I've endured the combat of life. That's huge. And if you're feeling that like I'm feeling this morning, then you're on fire. Then you're ready. Your gut is burning bright, and you're ready to take on the next great obstacle, the next great mission, the next great challenge, the next great race of your life. But if you're not, if you're not, if you don't have that fire burning in your gut right now, if you don't have that 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 feeling that I have right now, if you don't have that, then I'm glad you're here. I feel blessed you're here. You're listening right now. I feel like it's uh, pretty amazing stuff that you're tapped in right now to Navy SEAL Radio. And you're listening to me, your host, David Rutherford. And I feel that, man. I am stoked that you are here with me. Because today's show is going to be absolutely incredible. And I'm going to give you a little brief back on why today's show is so relevant. Why it's so important. Because 
about a month ago, starting on, actually, I should back it up, about a year ago, a year ago, one of my closest friends and teammates, Mr. Nick Hawks, extraordinaire, the amazing man he is, owner of incredible company called Paleo Treats, uh, uh, a, a renaissance man, a former teammate of mine. We went through training about 20 years ago together. This guy, about a year ago, he failed to complete the Leadville 100 for a second time in a row. But when I spoke to him after this particular fail, I heard it in his voice. He said, Rut, he goes, I'm going to do it again. And this time I'm going to get focused. This time I'm dedicating my life to it. This time I'm ready to train. This time I'm ready to give it all that I have. Every ounce of my my being I'm going to put into completing this epic ultra marathon, this 100 miles in the Colorado Rockies. I will not fail. And I heard that in his voice, and I said, man, I go, Nick, Nikolai, brother, you are focused. You're going to do it, aren't you? And he said, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And so you know what I said to him? I said, well, I'll tell you what, Nick, if you're going to get fired up that hard, if you're going to lift your motivation to that liar, that next level, and that fire is going to burn so deep in your gut, so down deep, I mean like where it's on fire, where your, 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 your liver is on, you're singeing, you're going to get there then I'm going to support you. I promise you I will be there with you next year. I promise I will be on your crew team. I promise you that I will help pace you for some distance. And he said, all right, Rudd, that's cool. And so on August 3rd, I started my part of this journey a little bit before. I started training a little bit before. Really, the journey for me started on August 3rd because it was when Nick and I ended up hanging out together for six days in a a friend of ours house in Colorado and all we did was eat sleep and talk about this this whole idea of finishing the Leadville 100 this whole concept of 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 pushing your body beyond the normal limitations of 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 really testing yourself at that next level of getting up above where the normative ideas are to endure. And so in that six days, I started to refocus my life and refocus my mind and refocus my energy on what endurance mean to me to try and discover what the essence of it is. And as we would go for our runs or we would sit around the house and chat or I would do interviews and, and, and you guys are going to dig it. I, I, I conducted a bunch of video interviews and I'm going to put together a piece with Nick and and this thing will be amazing for you to really tap into what was driving Nick to do this. And so in those moments I was able to discover it within myself. Now I had a short break before, you know, he t- he kept going. He went out to this place Weston Pass to train more and then and then I I I had a short stint in Nashville to support uh my good friend Charlie Daniels and David Corlew and the the Journey Home Project, their charity, uh, at the 40th anniversary Volunteer Jam. Uh, check it out online. Awesome, awesome event. Uh, and then came back, and, and I was able to reconnect. My family came out. My girls came out to support me in this quest. And then and then it happened. And on August 22nd at 0400 in the morning, my good friend Nick Hawk started his quest. 
And in his quest, I was able to rediscover my own definition. I was able to rediscover the essence of endurance in my life and in my mind and what it meant. And I'll tell you what, we're going to have Nick on the show here in about a half an hour, and we're going to get him to, we're going to, I'm going to discuss it with him. You guys won't want to miss this. It's going to be an amazing interview with Nick. Unbelievable. Uh, but I was able to discover again what the essence of endurance means to me. And so for the next few 20 minutes or so, I'm going to share that with you, the name of this today's show. Then, by the way, this is show number 80, everybody. This is Navy SEAL Radio show number 80. Woohoo! And just in case everybody was wondering, uh, on our downloads on blogtalkradio.com and iTunes, we are closing in on 1 million downloads. That's right. Within the next few weeks, and with your help and because of you, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, all the listeners, all the people out there that are fans of this show, all the people out there that are fans of, of mine and of Frog Logic and what our message here to provide motivational media that matters for you and your life, uh, I just want to say thank you. We're getting close, and with your help, we're going to top over that, that incredible hurdle, and then uh, we, we will have, I will have done what my goal was on, on this, this platform. So thank you very much. All right, let's get started, right? We always start with the definition on this show to get everybody's head in the right, in the right place. So first I want to give you the definition of essence. What does essence mean? In philosophy, and this is from my favorite source, Wikipedia. And for all you wiki haters, I, whatever, I don't care. It's just a place to get started. It's not the be-all, end-all, right? But it's a place to get us all on the same sheet. All right. In philosophy, essence is the attribute or set of attributes that make an entity or substance what it fundamentally is, in which it has by necessity, and without which it loses its identity. Essence is contrasted with accident, a property that the entity or substance has contingency, without which the substance can still retain its identity. The concept originates excuse me, with Aristotle, who used the Greek expression, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, literally meaning the what it was to be, the what it was to be, and corresponding to the scholastic term quiddity. Or sometimes the shorter phrase, another Greek term, literally meaning the what it is. All right, so you're getting the, the gist of it. The essence is, is what it is, right? And, and the essence of endurance. Endurance isn't just a word, all right? There's much more to endurance, and that's why this show is so critical for you to begin to understand how to formulate or, or define or create or develop the essence of your endurance, right? That's why I'm doing this. All right. So endurance, according to Wikipedia. Right. Here we go. All right. Endurance also related to sufferance, resilience, constitution, fortitude, which I love, and hardiness or grit as well, is the ability of an organism to exert itself and remain active for a long period of time, as well as its ability to resist withstand, recover from, and have immunity to trauma, wounds, or fatigue. To have immunity to trauma, wounds, or fatigue. That's critical. It is usually used in aerobic or, or aerobic or anaerobic exercise. The definition of long varies according to the type of exertion. Minutes for high-intensity anaerobic exercise, hours or days for low 
intensity aerobic exercise. Training for endurance can have a negative impact on the ability to exert strength unless the individual also undertakes resistance training to counteract this effect. Now, that's uh, pretty big. And then the last little piece, it says the term stamina is sometimes used synonymously and interchangeable with, with endurance. All right. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you right now, why is it so critical for you to learn endurance? Huh? Why? Because without it, the combat of life is going to kick your butt, period. No doubt in my military mind that if you don't have endurance or some form of it or, or understand the essence of it and be able to call on it in some capacity, the combat of life will literally destroy you. Because life is hard. You know this. If anybody out there thinks life isn't hard, give me a call, right? Or or send me an email at teamfroglogic.com forward slash contact, all right? And if you can adequately or eloquently describe why, you know, life isn't hard, then uh, you know what? We'll, we'll do a whole show about that. <laughs> because it ain't true. It is hard. Incredibly hard. Right? So... You know, every day you wake up is a challenge. So if you don't have endurance or understand the necessity for endurance, you're going to get crushed, most especially because the negative insurgency, right? Now, what is the negative insurgency? Negative insert The negative insurgency is the perpetual hammering from all the negativity in your life, from outside influence, from the people who say you can't do it, you won't do it, you will never, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not fit enough, you're not, you're not, uh, attractive enough. You're not all these things. It's just boom, just pounding you with this. And it's also, you know, how society perceives things, and we miss the the fundamentally good stuff, right? We distract everything with the own desire of self, and we miss the concept of team life, right? And the negative insurgency fuels that, but it also negative insurgency is also in your own head. It's also up there rattling around in your gray matter. How many times a day do you tell yourself you can't? How many times a day do you say you won't or you shouldn't or you'll never make it? You can't do that. It'll never happen for you. Why does the other guy always get the break? Why don't I? Why, why, why? That is the negative insurgency. And you fuel it more than anything else. But endurance, that's the thing that will help your life have meaning, have purpose. Endurance gives you the ability to set forth in this mission or this concept of of attaining goals or achieving something great in your life, right? That's what endurance enables you to do, but you have to learn this. You have to cultivate it. You have to teach yourself how to endure. You have to teach yourself the essence of endurance, and that's why I did this show. Now, everybody always went, well, Rut, you know, hey, buddy, where did you learn your endurance? And that's easy for me. No-brainer. Absolutely no-brainer. The SEAL teams in SEAL training. You know, BUDS is, is widely considered one of the hardest military programs on a world in the world, right? And now it's this entire amazing pipeline that's two years long, right? You go through BUDS, or you go through pre-BUDS, then you go through BUDS, then you go through SQT, then you get to a team, you go through an 18-month workup period, and then you deploy. So four years of training before you even go. Four years. And it's not like four years of college. <laughs> I did four years of college. 
And the only time things were tough to endure was because of my own depression I I I I placed on myself, right? Don't get me wrong. There are some programs and some people work their butts off. I'm not taking anything away from you. God bless you for crushing yourself to get those degrees in quantum mechanics or physics or 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 you know fine arts. I mean, I was an art major, right? I know how hard those painting classes can be. Whatever your your thing was, but let me tell you, four years of training in the SEAL teams is pretty pretty hard. And it was in those moments where you start to realize where you're in buds and when most particularly when you're getting hammered and you're freezing cold and and it ain't going to end. It ain't going to get any easier ever. And that was the big challenge, right, to recognize. For me, it was never going to get easier. I was never going to get to a point where all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know, and and, and the sea parted and the sky cleared and, and all of a sudden it was easy. That's just not the way things work, especially in that world, especially in the brotherhood. It only gets harder and harder. And so for me, the the true crucible, the true the true awakening or passing through the first gate of fire in my life was completing Hell Week. Now, if you're not familiar with Hell Week, Hell Week is an ultra evolution out there. That last five days, you start Sunday afternoon, you finish Friday afternoon. Now, many times you'll go 98, 94, 95 straight hours without sleep. Finally sleep two, Thursday morning for about two hours, go 24 hours, sleep for two hours, and finish for 12. Now, ask yourself, everybody out there, and this is what I love doing. All right, everybody, everybody out there, you know, I want you to think right now. All right, put your hand up, and I know we're radio, but put your hand up if you stayed up for 24 hours. Now, keep your hand up as I go along. All right, 24 hours. All hands up, all right? Probably a lot of hands up there right now. All right, ready? Ready? 44 hours, all right? We just lost a bunch, but there's still a few left. All right, 54 hours. All right, nope, hands some hands start now. There's only like one, maybe two left. All right, 64 hours. No hands left. 74 hours. No hands left. 84 hours. No hands left. 94 hours. Now sleep for two hours and go for 24. Sleep for two, go for 12. That's what I'm talking about, endurance. Now what enables a human being to want to do that or or, or to do it physically, mentally, and spiritually, right? Because those are the triad that you have to focus on in your life. The physical self, the mental self, and the spiritual self. Probably in that order or any order of the three, depending upon where you're at in your life. So I made it through Hell Week and all of a sudden... You know, I didn't have the aha moment, but I certainly had the aha, oh no moment where I was like, my goodness, there isn't anything I can't do if I put my mind, heart and soul into it, my body. But then right in the in the next almost instantaneously after that realization of of this, you know, this potential of endurance or actually not potential, it was it was it was was real because I just did it. All of a sudden, I, I realized, my God, oh no, there isn't anything I can't do. So imagine that standard. Once you get it, once you know you can push yourself, once you realize there isn't anything that's going to stop you besides yourself, now it's like, oh no. It is a grand wake-up call. And it's the beginning, or it was the beginning of the essence 
of my endurance. Now, fast forward, man, I get to the, you know, go through training, I get to the teams, but I always had these hurdles of getting knocked back uh, in my progress because of my medic rating. And I love being getting my medic, don't get me wrong, but it was definitely stressful in terms of my career development. And every time I'd have that hiccup or slowdown or whatever, and I'd watch the rest of my buddies progress, and they'd move forward, and they'd continue on, and they'd do platoon after platoon. And here I am covering stuff in the medical department or whatever. Man, that that tested my endurance. But this time I didn't realize the physical part. I was like, oh, that's easy. It was the mental endurance that I needed work on, and I wasn't prepared. And there are many parts of my career in the teams that I wish I would have done a lot better because I just didn't have that. Thankfully, I did have some amazing mentors later on who taught me, hey, guess what? It's not always fair. Life isn't always going to serve you up aces, and and you're not always – it's going to be easy for you. It's going to suck mentally a lot of the time, most of the time. But it's how you approach it, how you look at it. Your job, no matter where you are, what you're doing is to be a frogman. And to live up to that responsibility. And I'll be honest with you folks. I struggled with that at times. Because I didn't have the mental endurance. Now luckily I I, I developed it over time. And with some help man. But it wasn't until I really developed my own spiritual awareness. My faith. That I begun to understand where my spiritual endurance was, was, was invoked. And I started putting all these together, and it was much much farther after I'd gotten out of the teams and I'd been a contractor overseas and, and done some cool things there. But it wasn't until I started Frog Logic or Frog Logic Concepts that I began to say, wow, this is huge. Man, I need to be focused because running a small business or trying to make it in, in, a, in a sea of great speakers or positive people out there. I mean, the motivational industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's self-help, right? And there's tons of amazing guys out there. But how do I hold my own? How do I bring it in? Am I ever going to be able to you know, be on stage or, or hold my own against the King Tony Robbins? Well, I'll tell you what I believe I can now. But as it wasn't until... I truly understood the totality of that triad and the endurance required in my physical self, my my mental self, and most especially my spiritual self. Right? And when I had all those things working together, now finally I'm starting to cook with gas. That real fire is burning. It's burning so much inside me. It's not just in my stomach anymore. Now it's in my heart, it's in my soul, it's in my brain. It's literally radiating off me every chance I get. And so when I get to go work with people around the world out there, I mean, it's amazing. Just in this past week alone, I got to work with a giant uh, insurance company on, on, on Wednesday morning. I got to work with the University of Pennsylvania football team, right? All 110 of those you know, incredible young men. I got to work with the, the, the UPenn football coaches, right? I mean, amazing, and help them understand this process, this beautiful thing about the endurance. And that's what Frog Logic does. Frog Logic is Navy SEAL motivational training where I teach people how to embrace fear, forge their self-confidence, live the team life, and live with purpose. And those are the concepts that will help you begin to understand the essence of endurance. Now, if you want to know more, just visit our website at teamfroglogic.com. 
you can check out it. We've got uh, I've got a book written about forging self confidence. I got a couple kids books out there. Uh, I've got eighty radio shows that talk all about these ideas. I've got YouTube videos, so check out my YouTube site. I've got I'm on Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Google Plus, all the social media where I give a daily dose of motivation to help all of you find the motivation to endure. There's this amazing lady. If you want to know more about it, I mean, this one teacher out there from an academic perspective really sets it up nicely. Uh, She does a great job. Her name is Angela Lee Duckworth. She's a professor or, or, or aspiring assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania, and she studied grit for the last X amount of years. I mean, amazing. She's got a great TED Talk out there. I highly recommend. Just go to TED, TED.com forward slash speaker, speakers forward slash Angela Lee Duckworth. Now, this woman's talk is incredible. And I highly recommend you check it out because it'll it'll start to things will start to set in. You'll you'll get it. You'll start to feel amazing about this, right? Now, what have I done also with Frog Logic? All right. So what I've done now to help you out and to really get you going is I've 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 taken these concepts and I put them out there in a very positive motivational media for you. All right. And these things are just uh they're, they're for you, all right? I, I'm not out there. I'm just trying to provide as much free content as possible. Granted, I do sell books and T-shirts, and we've got this great new Team Life T-shirt out today. Uh, and so if you're interested, it's an amazing uh, new shirt we just released. It's got a big uh, my Frog Logic symbol on the front and on the back, these two hands coming together, pulling each other through the combat of life by, in front of the uh, uh, old glory herself. And it says, Live the Team Life. Uh, if you like it and you want to support us and our mission out there to to provide as much motivational media as we can, please check it out. It'd be it'd be wonderful. But it's much more than that. So my mission now, my 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 mission in life is to figure out, you know, how to how to perpetuate these ideas in a bigger way. And so that was one reason why I needed to recheck my ability to endure, and that's why I linked up with Nick Hawk. On this incredible quest. I mean, it was really pretty phenomenal that, you know, Nick uh, invited me to participate in this thing. And when I went out there, you know, you don't go out there. I mean, I I knew I was going to get a lot more than what happened. But when I went out there, man, it was really, really more about to just be there for Nick and allow him to know he wasn't alone in this journey and this quest. But man... When you listen to somebody who's focused, when you see their commitment to something that's bigger than themselves, you start to get sucked in, right? Iron sharpens iron. You are who you hang out with. And I started feeling this, and I hadn't felt this in a while. And, and I started feeling this this evolution, this this beauty, this joy, this this peace, this uh, this this strength, this endurance. Come out of me. Man, it was awesome. And it was because of this other person's goal this, that he set to complete this three-year journey. Three years he committed himself to finishing this incredible race. Now, if you're not familiar with the Leadville 100, please go check it out. Great website. It's one of the most significant ultra marathons in the world, hands down. It's uh, um, incredible. Uh, uh, just testament to people. And now, when you when you when you see this thing, um, you you got to realize like 
it's not a bunch of ultra athletes, right? Not a bunch of CrossFit studs and nothing against CrossFit. I do CrossFit. But, you know, what it is is a bunch of, you know, the average age in this thing's like 43 or 44. It's a bunch of middle-aged, older-aged men and women or, you know, a few young people out there that are just wanting to test themselves. And that's huge. That's huge. And 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 you start to realize, wow, you it's not about it's not about being in the the biggest physical, most awesome shape over everybody else. It's not about being the Superman. It's not about being the Navy SEAL. It's not about uh, whatever. It's just about doing it. It's about rogering up. It's about uh, getting committed to something bigger than yourself. Right? It's about discovering what your essence is, why you're alive, why you're living, why you're doing the things you're doing in life. And that's massive. That's absolutely massive. That's what propels us forward. That's what allows us to confront this negative insurgency. That's what allows us to endure the combat of life, right? I literally have hundreds of friends you know, that are in the teams of the brotherhood that have gone to hell and back. And the reason they all say they've done it, the reason they all say they were able to do it was because they tapped in to the love and commitment of their teammates. That was the essence of their endurance. That was the essence of their drive. That was the essence. And, and through the spectrum of, of, of challenge and evolution in, in their soul and their heart and their physical self, they were able to really gain strength as they endured, no matter what the mission was. And that's part of what you got to do in your life. That's what you gotta, That's what you got to do out there. So what I want to do now is I'm going to bring on Mr. Nick Hawks, all right? I'm going to bring him on there. So, hey, Nicky, is that you on the phone, bud? It is. What's going on, bud? Oh, my brother from another mother. I'm just getting ready to introduce you. So, so ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I, I want to welcome to the show one of my dearest, oldest, closest, most amazing friends out there, Mr. Nick Hawks. Nicky, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, dude. Stoked to be on. I've been I've been listening for the last half hour, getting fired up. So you're doing a good job. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. I always love when you give me the kudos, bro. You know that. All right. So I, I just I want to get right into this, okay? Let, but but we have to give everybody a little bit of a backstory first, right? What was sure. the reason why you first wanted to even start the Leadville Challenge three years ago? What made you do that? And I think like you know most most folks was looking for a challenge and wanted something that, uh, that I didn't know if I could do and something that would be difficult and worth training for and, and worth accomplishing and, uh, looked around and like a lot of people read born to run a couple of years before and thought, Oh, that'd be super cool. And never really thought of myself as a, a long distance endurance type runner. Um, but then started thinking about it, like, wow, that, that fits it exactly that it's something I don't know if I can do. And it's something that, that sounds like it will be pretty difficult and, and it will take uh, some preparation. And it just, it took me a couple of years to figure out just how much preparation it would take. 
<laughs> oh, is it is it is it true at all that when you when you did have because of your background, because of what you've been through in the past? I mean, Nick is an incredibly accomplished sailor. Uh, he's a great, he's you know, he's an amazing swimmer. He was actually an instructor for a little while, and and you know, he understands endurance. Was is it true that maybe you looked at this thing and, and were like, yeah, this isn't going to be a problem at all? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's what happened the first year. Um, I thought, like, oh, you know, I kind of looked at it, and if you're not familiar with uh, with ultra running, the the average paces seem really slow if you've done any other running. So, you know, the average kind of high school track or cross country runner should be able to drop a, I don't know, somewhere between a five and six minute mile anytime, um, and and that'll usually be in more towards the five minute mile area. So, you should be able to cruise at a seven minute mile without a big deal, and that's definitely something that that you and I could do 20 years ago, no problem. But for these hundred mile events, if you, if you lay out the time required, I saw that guys and specifically for Leadville, the, the record uh, average pace is right around a nine twenty mile. So almost uh, two minutes, two and a half minutes slower than my cruising pace, or what I thought my cruising pace was. I was like, Oh, I could probably, I could probably win this thing. Um, why don't I just give it a shot? And it, yeah, it turns out that I was I was pretty wrong, <laughs> and it, right, it just take, took a while to kind of get that through my head. Take us through that first one. Like, when did you realize in in the first race that my God, oh, maybe I'm not. This has changed. This is definitely different than I thought. Probably mile twenty three, twenty four, coming into the second big station, which is called Fish Hatchery or Outbound. And you just come down a, a pretty big hill, come down this hill called Power Line off of Sugarloaf. And I was forced to a walk. I just I couldn't run anymore. I hadn't done enough training and, and didn't have the endurance to to keep going. And I remember this, I don't know, 40-some-year-old lady just ran right by me. And I ran with her for a little while because my ego is still in charge of my uh, – charge of my running and I talked with her I was like oh what's the secret and she'd done it a bunch of times before and everybody on the course is super friendly that was one of the, the great things that I discovered about ultra running ultra running that made me love it and she said oh you just you know just keep going and just keep running and then she just she dropped me like I was you know I had a 35 pound ruck on me and and I thought man maybe I, I got myself into something uh, a little out of my depth here <laughs> Um, but, you know, soldiered on and kind of kept kept going and ended up having, I'd made some bad decisions as far as not having gear ready and, and not, really not understanding my body and what I was capable of uh, or not capable of. And so for that race, uh, 2013, I came into mile, uh, what was it, 60, 65? I think 60. No, no, it can't be. It's the one that you and I went into and, uh, Seven, well, like and 70, 70 something. Power bound. Yeah, so yeah. where it was, it came in there and felt really good. I'd felt pretty strong, sat down. Uh, they have aid stations, had like a cup of soup or something. And as I was, I got up to go out, and as I got up to go out, this lady who'd been running, you know, uh, running aid stations and, and been a, a crew member for years and years and years, Sandy, I know you remember her last name, I forgot. Yeah. She said to me, she's like, hey, Nick, or she didn't know my name. She said, hey, you should put a coat on. You're you're looking pretty cold. And I was like, eh, you don't know what you're talking about. I burn hot. I'll be fine. <laughs> And meanwhile, Sandy, station. by the way, meanwhile, everybody, Sandy, by the way, her husband had run 15 of them and she had been crewing for every one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she runs 
she runs the cutoff for Leadville, so she kind of saw that year that she would probably be cutting me and was trying to help me as, as best she could to not be cut. But ran out of there and, and just had a raincoat and shorts, and uh, and that was it, and just got too cold. And, in fact, this year, Dave, when you and I were walking, um, it was still that that's a time of night and a part of the course that is pretty cold that's, that's coming out along the highway, and it's pretty windy, and it seems like it's forever. And I was glad I had uh, warm clothes and a, a good partner this year, a good running right. partner this year. Thank you, brother. It made a difference. Awesome. Yeah. Huge difference. So, all right, so when you when you finish it, I remember talking to you after that race when you got back. You always write these debriefs. Nick writes these debriefs and puts them out. And if you, Nick also has a great blog that everybody can follow. Uh, uh, is it on the paleotreats.com website, Nick, that they can follow? There's occasional links to it. It's, uh, it's a weird name. It's kick13.com slash life, and I made it. I didn't make it so people could find it. It would be a kind of a pain in the butt to find. But if you, if you Google around for kyk13.com uh, slash life, that you'll find it, of course, awesome. pretty easy. So, so Nick puts out this post-op report, right, on his whole thing, and you could hear, like, I was like, whoa. So, of course, I call him, and, and I get him on a horn. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's up? You going for it again? He's like, no, no way, no way. <laughs> and then and then you <laughs> changed your mind, like, two months later. How come? Uh, it, was, it was unfinished business. <laughs> you know, it was, I, I think I'd, I wrote a, a post a long time ago about just, I felt like I'd accomplished an awful lot by the time I was 23 and, and then looked around and realized that it would be continued thinking that way. Um, because there was so much more to do. And if you think that you've done everything that you need to do in life by 23, you might as well shoot yourself. There's just not much to stick around for. And so this was kind of a reaction to that in the sense that it was something that I had tried and hadn't finished. And it was a legitimate challenge. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, a, a chance or a happenstance thing and, and doing it. I realized that I could do it, but that time I wasn't, wasn't ready for it. And so those are they're pretty, uh, I guess, physically unpleasant events. You end up at the, at the end of it. And usually at some part during it, you think, yeah, I'm not doing this again. This is stupid. Uh, I've, I've thought that every time I've done that race, and I know most of the people I've talked to think the same thing. <laughs> but then you get some distance from it, and you say, "Hey, that's what else am I going to do on the planet? Am I just going to sell cookies and make money, and you know, do do all that stuff?" And, and that's fun stuff to do. But man, the the thing that makes not, not makes me feel most alive, but that I really enjoy, is going out and, and trying something that I may not be able to do. I think that's what makes the that's the spice of life. That's awesome. So. I love that. I love that you 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 were able to stay in that space as a recognition of your first failure, right? And you come back and you 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 try it again the second year and again have struggles and we talked about it your nutrition was a little off, you cramped and you just couldn't get going again. So I remember the failure after this time though was remarkable because it wasn't there was no hesitation. There was no Ah, I'm done. I don't need to do this or whatever. I mean, it was instantaneous. Your 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 focus after the you know 2014 one was amazing, and it's what actually inspired me to want to participate. Why was now what 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 was it that just like lit that fire and even bigger? I think like a lot of people out there, and I bet this is just not talked about that much. Um all of us go through some point 
I think, where we want to kill ourselves. And for me, that had been years early, 10 years early when I got out of the Navy and was kind of sitting there and, and disconnected from the team life that I'd known and not really sure how I was going to make my way um, in the world after that. And, you know, every, every one of us come to deal with it in our own way. And for me, I thought about my folks, uh, you know, what, what it'd be like if they found me and what my friends are like and ended up, uh, you know, connecting with everybody after that and, and going on and, and haven't really had those thoughts since, but Thank God. they were definitely something to kind of reference back and realize that it, it is possible even for, I think I'm pretty well adjusted dude and that, you know, I'm pretty successful and kind of have all the things that I need. Um, it's still possible for those thoughts to come in. And the biggest proof against those thoughts that I've found has been to have a goal that I, I hook or harness myself to. And I've, I've always thought of it that way is, is getting in the harness and strapping in. And it's, it's almost like once you get in, you make the commitment that I'm not getting out until I pull this cart down the road or until I accomplish this goal or whatever it is. And, and I've always thought of it as a harness or a hook is just putting it in so deep that there's no way it's going to come out or strap it in so tight. There's no way you're going to come out. And then, then it's just a matter of work. And really you can, you can lose yourself in that work. So that focus that you talk about that came about was just like, Hey, I'd, I'd strap myself to that goal of completing the Leadville trail 100. And, and that was the thing it was like, there's no way I'm not going to finish this. And I, I think, again, a lot of us have these conversations in our head with ourselves. Um, you and I have talked about this and think it's a sign of a, one of the signs of a good operators is all, you know, talking to myself saying, Nick, there's, you can take your time doing this. You could take five years to do this if you want, but you're going to do it every year. And so you might as well just work really hard and get it finished the first year. So you don't have to keep, <laughs> keep doing it. And so that, that became the goal. Well, it's amazing because, you know, I, I you, you've got this amazing business going, and it keeps building and building and building. And and everybody, if you if you actually want to have the healthiest, most incredible, unbelievable dessert that's out there right now, please check out PaleoTreats.com. I'm telling you, once you have one, once you put a Mustang bar in your mouth, you will want a thousand. Now, um, and just. <laughs> Trust me on that one, all right. I'm, I am, and it's not because I love Nick. It's not because I love Lee. It's not. It's because I love those damn cookies. I'll tell you. All right, all right. So you started the training, man, and you started going. And what was amazing to me was not only just you know your commitment to the thing, but your endurance level of the training itself. And and you you started this new diet and uh, this fat burning attrition diet. And and tell us a little bit about what it was like to train over nine months. Sure. I think kind of back of that, I started with the idea that I, that maybe I didn't know how to train for endurance and that I needed to learn something and that the things that I thought were correct before may have worked for other people, but they weren't working for me. And so I started with the idea that I needed to ask a bunch of questions of, folks who'd been successful in a bunch of different disciplines, not just in endurance running. Um, and so the first three months I kind of decided, and I, I had seen this pattern amongst long-term successful athletes is they take part of the year pretty much off from their chosen sport. And especially with endurance running, it's, it seems like it is pretty damaging to the body over the long term, And, and we're just starting to kind of see in the, the running, I don't know if it's literature, but, but the, the writing on the web, there's been some articles that have come out lately. I think one in particular outside magazine that says there's a 
there's a pattern in ultra running where you have these guys who are super successful and they win all of the big races for a year or two. And then they've been burning so bright, so hot with no rest for so long, they just blow out and disappear and, you know, kind of move off to the woods somewhere. And I saw that and thought, okay, I'm really fired up to run right now. But what I should do is build, and this came from some other reading, build a base of strength. Um, and so the first couple months I just worked really on strength on squats and deadlifts and presses and bench press. And, and I didn't worry too much about, you know, whether or not a bench press would help me run a hundred miles. I just, I focused on the, the overall gaining muscle and, and just getting a lot stronger as a, as a little dude, I'm 150 pounds, 152 on a, a heavy day. And the other big piece that came to me, I'm 37 was that I, couldn't train the same way or I wouldn't get good results if I trained the same way as I had when I was 23 or 22 or 17 or whatever. And that the huge, the marked difference between the two methods of training would be how much recovery I got or how much recovery I needed. And so I really focused on getting lots and lots of, of rest and recovery. And my general goal whether it was for the strength training or the run training that I started in January of 2015 was to be fully rested for the next workout. So fully recovered, ready to go. And if that took two or three days off, then that's what I was going to take. And I, I ended up with the pattern of about three days of running a week. Um, and by the end I dropped the strength training off completely and it was, was just doing the running. Um, so the, it wasn't, wow. I think the, the interesting part, may be that I never trained where I felt like really dog tired or, or totally done from multiple sessions. I might feel really tired from one session, but I, I focused really hard nutrition wise, physical activity wise, mental activity wise, stress wise, you know, from the business, from, from doing paleo treats um, and, and anything else out there on being totally recovered, as recovered as I was able before the next workout. Well, that that's a, a critical aspect, and I and I love that about endurance. I mean, I think when people when when they embed endurance in their mind, they see perpetual motion. When it's really not, it's the it's the it's the movement into the action. It's the uh, it's the it's the you know going after it and then having to take a break, and then going after it and having to take a break. And it's being able to generate that energy, that fire to get back in, to go and to persist and to keep going. So I love that you describe it like that. Now let's fast forward. Let's get into the race itself this year because this was a big deal. Tell us about you know the the moments leading up to beginning when you got you and all 650 whatever people are there at zero three fifty in the morning. What was going through your mind with the race? What were some of the big things you wanted to hone in on? Well, before I hit that I'll totally hit it. I, I just want to put a caveat on the last piece and that my goal for the race was to finish it and to um, I think I wrote this one of the blog posts to have the, the most fulfilling and enjoyable race possible for me and so that that dictated the training method and I wasn't training specifically to win that race you and I had talked about it before and I said hey there's a shot that if I have the best day of my life and the top 10 guys drop out that maybe I could win <laughs> and I still think that's true you know it just didn't come anywhere close to happening on on that day um, but I, I think you've got to really decide and determine what's the goal for the race or the event or whatever it is before you do it 
so they have a clear idea of, of how to train and that dictates the training. And, and I'm sure that there's guys out there, um, the guy who won the race, who trains a little bit differently than I do. Just wanted to put that in there. So well, start I'm of the race. Yeah. 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 Start of the race. I mean, the intent was to, and Lee, my wife had, had really kind of hammered it home to me a bunch before I went in. She said, just remember to enjoy the race. And it was a, a big change from, from any other race any other that I'd run. run. In that all the and other races I'd run, I wanted to win. And this and one, this I wanted to enjoy it. And I, and I, I knew that I could, I could probably finish the thing. Um, you know, I wasn't dead yeah, sure about it, but all the signs pointed to the yes and yeah, having a successful run. run. And so I and just so I wanted just to kind of prep my prep mind and make and sure that um, uh, I was constantly I was thinking of like, hey, enjoy the race, enjoy the course, enjoy the people around you. There's a lot of natural beauty here. There's a lot of natural energy here in, in the woods and the mountains and the forests and the hills and the streams. And there's a bunch of really cool people. I've, I've never been in a sport where the other, other competitors or other participants were just so welcoming and supportive and friendly and cool. Like everything else had always been bad dog start line. And you're deciding when you're going to pass someone, you know, you may be throwing elbows to stop people from passing you, but in ultra running, I just, um, people were super polite and you wanted everybody to finish no matter if you were passing or being passed and it was it was almost like a, a common goal uh, cool and still very individual because it's, nobody can do it for you when i remember the first time as you came through the first checkpoint i witnessed you at which was at 22 3 is outward bound and and just i remember it was the scope and the magnitude of the race finally hit me as i was you know, staring, we were in that great, great big grand prairie, staring at the foothills. And I looked down to my left over the, you know, down the horizon and I saw Hope Pass, you know, 40 some odd miles away at 12,800 feet. And I knew you had to run out to that, run up and over it and back up and over. And then another 40 miles back in, it hit me. We talked about when we were together out running and, 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 you know, what are some of the things, you know, what that negative speak in your mind, how often did that hit you, and what did you do to combat it? Um, I think there's, there's a couple different levels of the, that negative insurgency, and there's, there's one I think it's going to hit you no matter what, where you just feel like, oh, this is going to be hard, and, you know, hopefully you know, I twist my ankle so I don't have to run the rest of it and I can just drop out. But I, I think... The next level is when you start taking that stuff seriously and kind of looking for opportunities to fail. And that part, this time, never happened to me. Um, I, I think it's something that you decide how far you want to go down that path, and you, you kind of figure it out, and you have total control over your reaction to that. You don't have so much control over whether or not it's going to happen. I think it happens with most people, and probably the most successful people have been really good about muting that or toning it down um, uh, or being really quick about immediately dampening it. But it, it comes along to everybody, and it's just how do you deal with it? And, and the focus, again, coming from me had been, hey, enjoy the race. And so every time it came up, I just kind of look around and say, man, I'm, I'm running the Aspens, or it's, it's beautifully cold right now. I don't get this cold in San Diego. It's nice to have some chilly weather, or there's a, a ripping view from the top of Hope Pass. So there's really cool people and great conversations on the trail. And you just look for the, the little positives. It doesn't have to be a, you know, the most beautiful sunset of your life. It's just got to be one perfectly shaped aspen leaf that you look at like, Oh, it's 
the world's okay. I can, I can keep going. That's awesome, man. I love the specificity of that. And I think in, in that, in those details is really where that essence begins to evolve, right? And, and the, the reason why you test yourself at this level. Now, give me, you know, kind of under, help me what, as you as you kind of went through those spots where you knew you you know stopped before you crossed over that because I remember when I picked you back up and paced you at, at 85 you were in this very harmonious place it seemed mentally and spiritually and physically and and going in you know what was it like now that you had crossed through that threshold and 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 you know the end was in sight so to speak what was that feeling like so that was the second time you paced me. So for folks who didn't know, Dave, Dave paced me from 60 to 75, and then I had another pacer take me from 75 to 87, and then Dave took me in from 87 to 100. So I think we're talking about the 87 to 100 piece around Turquoise Lake. At, at that point, the way Leadville's set up, and I think most ultras are set up, is that you have cutoff times. And if you don't make the cutoff times, you get pulled from the race, and the times are designed to give you every advantage possible. And if you're not making the station by the time the cutoff time hits you're very very unlikely to finish the race in whatever the time was for 30 hours in previous races i had been right on the bubble and had five or 15 minutes in a station especially past mile 50 to get through it and so there always been a bunch of rush and stress and unknowingness and this time i think by the time we got to turquoise lake we probably had an hour and a half maybe even two hours before the cutoff so there was that stress, that stress of, of, of an external, external form coming form down and kind of down, chopping off the dream was not there. And I, and I knew that physically knew I could just keep moving and, and make the finish line, and that the only thing was just to be really careful and not to twist an ankle or hurt myself or, or do anything. And so the goal there was, hey, I'm going to pick Dave up, and I didn't know at the time that, that you were injured. You were hiding it pretty well. Um, and it's just like, hey, I'm just going to enjoy this time with you and, and share this pretty special moment where it is the end part of a, of a very difficult thing, and it's something that there's no way to really talk about or describe or do it other than to experience it, and it'll be super cool to share this with a friend of mine. And that, was, that was the attitude and intent that I had going around the, uh, going around the lake. That's beautiful, man. And I and I and just for everybody listening, this was palpable. You could feel this coming off Nick and and every time I'd see him or I was with him or whatever, you could literally feel that off him and you feel it off all the other runners and the people. And I remember as we came through the town and we had that finish line in sight and you picked up speed and I'll never forget. I was going to, you know, just get behind you and you dropped your hat. And next thing I know, you had taken off and cross this the finish line with vigor and you came to the conclusion of this epic journey you know it was powerful and and what i want you to do is just kind of share that emotion in in two minutes you know because we're running on time here a little almost out but share that emotion that feeling that will inspire maybe other somebody in this crowd to go do an ultra or to do something challenging what was that like i think when you attempt something big and and you've made the preparations for it, and everything is going well, um, the way that it, it was going for us, you know, the way that it, not the way that it went for Shackleton in, in 1914 through 1916, but the way that it went for us in, in 2015, everything was going well, like we didn't have any big problems. You have an excess of, of energy, and there's, we tap into this source that most of us cut ourselves off from, um, and whether that happens.
is because of all the EMF pollution, you know, you're always on your phone or you're getting overwhelmed by Wi-Fi signals or whatever it is. Or maybe there's maybe something else to it, but there is a, a vibrancy and a vitality that comes from attempting something big and realizing that you're ahead of the curve and that you can finish it and it's within your grasp. And different people deal with that energy in different ways. For me, I, I thought it was really important to kind of exude that as consciously as I could and to put that energy into the other runners around me and, and as hippie as it sounds to kind of put that into the land and the trees and the streams that we were running past and, and kind of let that bounce back and echo and vibrate and create something really, really beautiful and powerful. And that, you know, for me, that seemed to work really well. I can only speak to my own internal state, but that feels super good. And really, if you're looking for for something to do or kind of a reason to to go out there and do it, that might be one of the reasons to do it is just to experience that, that heightened state of, you know, bliss and ecstasy and, and awareness um, that comes about through through your own full effort. Nick, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this epic journey of yours. Uh, I really just uh, am blown away by you. I always am. I love you so much, and uh, I can't wait for the next one. Right on. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for being there. That was uh, that was a critical part of, of that success. So, Amen. So to be on and share it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Nick Hawks, man. And, and if you want to know more about Nick, just go find paleotreats.com or follow his Facebook page. Uh, he's uh, Nick Hawk Ac- Athletes on Facebook. You can uh, – Paleo Treats is on, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all around. Best treats you'll ever have in your life. And follow uh, Nick's blog at Kick13, right? I want to thank every – you know, everybody in my life who's taught me a little bit about it. I, you know, I asked a question on my Facebook page. What is the essence of endurance? And I got some amazing answers. And, and one is from Chris. After you fall – how you get back up and learn from the setback and complete the task. And, and here's another one from Brian. From the sum of my military experience, endurance is looking at the entire objective, right? The, then breaking that down into manageable steps. These steps in turn will allow one to see how each step meets the objective. It provides me with exhilaration when each one is completed. On my team page, my team frog logic page, I had uh, David say, going the distance no matter the circumstances. Now, there's a ton of amazing uh, 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 submission points on there or, or entries. So please, if you want to read these and become a part of our team, go to my David B. Rutherford Facebook page or Team Frog Logic Facebook page or follow me on Twitter. I got one that says endurance is showcased by thriving and excelling outside your comfort zone. Amen. All right. So thank you, Nick. Thank you for all of you listening today. Thank you for everybody that is 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 on board with Frog Logic and, and and what we do here at Team Frog Logic. I really couldn't do it out without you. Thank you to my, you know, to my buds instructors, my teammates. Thanks to all my friends out there. Thanks to my family, my wife, my kids. Incredibly, I I, I couldn't live. I couldn't endure the combat of life without you. I I, I know that in my heart is true. And I want to thank you guys again for listening because I'm your host, David Rutherford, Navy SEAL, motivational speaker, behavioral training specialist, author, podcast host, and life coach. And again, it's my mission to help you embrace your fears, forge your self-confidence, live the team life, and live with purpose. And one last thing, I don't want you ever to forget, I'm your new swim buddy, so let's get motivated. Out!